Welcome to The Real Roundtable. On this episode, we deal with the 1984 movie Dreamscape. And I'm probably going to take a beating from the guys on this film because I'd forgotten a lot of the terrible scenes in this movie. Chris, take your time and roll tape. The Real Roundtable. I'm Ergo the Magnificent. I could turn you into shredded meat in about uh, three seconds with this baby if I wanted to. We're locked into the moon's gravitational pull. What do we do? We die. I don't kill men without good reason. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick! Tonight's episode where we're actually talking about Dreamscape, and uh, I just want to apologize to all our listeners because over the last three weeks, we have not picked a winner yet. <laughs> I don't feel like <laughs> any of these are. I'm sure you guys are about to smash into this film. Um, I, and I'll I just talk real quick. I want let me introduce everybody. Chris, hey, you started that really low energy. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> there was a I, lot of enthusiasm there. I, I really went into it like this just because uh, last last episode when we did Tank Girl, one of the things I felt like we really got was once we realized that it, it, this is probably not going to be everybody's favorite, I think it really opened it up to be honest and laugh about some stuff. And so I thought that's maybe the best way to start this film is just let's just be honest that this is probably not going to be one of y'all's favorite movies. You want to start with the ratings? <laughs> <laughs> so that was Brody. Uh, so as always, Brody. Uh, hello, guys. So really quick, I just want to give you a heads up on why I picked this movie. I, I saw this movie when I was a kid. I saw it when I was probably a young adult. I hadn't seen it in years, but I always enjoyed this movie and thought very, very highly of it. It's a dream movie. It takes place in dreams. And so that's what the whole movie is about is these psychics are able to go into people's dream. The goal is for them to be able to help people with nightmares they have be able to fix it and so that's the concept of the movie like a lot of people are in this movie this has got like an all-star cast when it comes down to it i mean you got dennis quaid mike spine Sado, christopher Plummer, eddie albert kate capshaw and so you got a whole bunch of people and then you got like george wentz also in it david patrick kelly so we'll probably talk a little bit about their performances in this but there's a lot of problems with this movie that we're going to go over but one of the things i really want to be able to talk to as we go through this is the dreams take away all the other stuff and then focus on the dreams in this movie tell me that's a terrible part that's where i'll argue with you i think the dream part of this movie is phenomenal i think everything outside of that except for the overall plot of assassinating the president i think that's good too but i think so much of the other stuff it's like yeah why does this end it this sort of dream world and the way it interacts with our world that was a real theme in that part of the 80s it was just there were movies all over the place that were exploring this new, or maybe not new, but this concept. I don't remember a lot of movies about dreams. There was this movie, there was Dream Warriors, which was the third Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And then... Which that's sort of what I think of when I think of... Well, they were actually written by the same guy. Chuck Russell wrote both 
plots for both those movies. And they both came out the same year. There's also some movies that blended the idea of blurring the lines between reality and dreams. Like not necessarily the entering the dreams or people in your dreams, but the never ending story trying to blend parts of because he's in the real world and reading a book and how much of it, but he interacts with the story. With the story. Yes. There's some of that, too, because you know, that came out in the 80s as well. Yes, but, yes. So there was some of that. And this was just, I guess, a unique uh, look at it, I think. Well, and that's something, I mean, everybody dreams every night. Um, they might not remember their dreams, but you dream every night. And so taking this concept of something we all do for at least, you know, four or five hours every night that we're a part of and saying, hey, let's do it. It really surprised me. There's not been a lot more movies slash TV shows about this. And so as we, as we talk, I, I, I kind of like to go over that real quick. Does either one of you want to give the synopsis or you just want me to get the synopsis real fast? It's a pretty simple synopsis. Dennis Quaid is approached because he has some kind of telekinesis or psychic powers of sorts that was being experimented earlier in his life. And yeah. he, he got tired of poked and prodded is how they put it. And he ran off not to be seen again. And he's been picking winners at, at the races ever since, but they try to gear up the program again and they go out and look for him and find him and tell him it's to help people. The financier is actually tricking him into helping on a plot against the president. Which is Christopher Plummer. That's uh, his, its character's Bob Blair. And honestly, if you think about it, I, th- I think this is a good performance by him. I mean, it's Christopher Plummer. I mean, he was in Sound of Music. He's he's had an all star career. He just died last year. But just a terrific actor. I thought he played the villain. Like here's the thing: the, the performances of the five main characters. I thought they were all really really good. Okay, and so we look at the performances. I think they do a really good job. Plummer is very convincing as Bob Blair. That you can see where he's coming from. He's got the president's ear. He's a, a very important leader who's not known everywhere, but he's known in the government circles. I mean, he's powerful enough that towards the end, the president would have trouble getting to him. To, right. But he's a villain I believe exists today. Yes, yes. Oh, I mean, he's he, a believable villain. Yeah. He's, he's a very clean cut businessman with power and influence. That he believes outranks the president, which is a, he's a, he's a very good villain in the fact that these are the villains like this who are believable slash they think they're right and you can see their point of view, you can see why they think they're right. Are always good characters to me instead of just being like a I don't know some kind of Bond villain who's just completely insane. You know what I mean? That yeah, you see his motivations, which are like the president is having these nightmares and he's seeing like nuclear wasteland right you know and so he thinks that he needs to disarm the country and start on the road to nuclear peace and so he sees that blair sees that as a sign of weakness that he's going to bring the country to its knees they don't give him this evil villain persona they give him this sort of in his own way trying to be a savior you know but he just does it by any means necessary which is very different from what was going on then. This is uh, during the Reagan years. This comes out in 84, right. so Reagan is about to run to re-election right then. And Reagan, you know, his his whole motto was, let's, from what I understand was, let's build up our armament and just make the other one go broke. Because we, right. can, we can run outrun them when it comes to military weapons, missiles, and, and nuclear weapons. And so they make Eddie Albert, who plays the president from Green Acres, they make him the president who's just going to get rid of all these, these weapons. And so it's a very different president in this than what was the president in real life, which I thought was kind of interesting take is, is how. They yeah. A lot of people that would have saw it back in its day would sort of sympathize with what he was saying. Yes. They would say, oh yeah, you can't do that. You're going to really, you're going to, that's a really dangerous move, you know? 
And so they would agree with the villain. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people nowadays would too, but just not as many. So, so anyway, that's, that's the, that's the concept of the movie. So there, the Blair character, the Christopher Plummer character, he decides he's going to have it. He's got this program he's doing and he's in it. And it actually wasn't to assassinate the president. That's not right. the goal. Originally it was for espionage, which I think is really cool. So you could send these dream warriors. I mean, that's what they are. It's basically these dream spies to go in and take information from other people around the world and or do way. like an assassination or something. Well, and that's probably what his other thought was to do that as well. But, Oh, well, I guess he wouldn't, he found out that was a possibility later on. Yeah. That's what, yeah. that's what I'm counting. And maybe he knew the assassinations was the front and everything. So he's got three characters and we barely meet one of them. I think he, he goes, his brain gets fried right when we first see him, right. We even see him in a dream. We don't see anything like that. Um, but we see also, he must've been like a weaker psychic or clearly something. couldn't handle the, well, and it makes you understand why they were getting, they, they must have known there was problems because they go out and get, they're getting quaid. The best they know of. Yes. Yeah. Cause he's got a lot of potentials, but of course they got Tommy Ray Glavin, who's played by David Patrick Kelly. Had you guys ever seen him before? I didn't recognize him at all. Yeah, he I, is I, I phenomenal. had a hard time placing him, but he's done some cool stuff. He, he's sure. phenomenal. I recognize him right off because I grew up watching him play in three roles. This movie where he plays insane. He plays T-Bird in The Crow, where he plays Insane, and then he plays in The Warriors. Oh, I thought you were going to say Twin Peaks. I didn't know he was in Twin Peaks. Yeah, he's in Twin Peaks. Well, I was going to say The Warriors. He's the one that says, Warriors come out and play, which is another insane character. So David Patrick Kelly might be one of the best insane characters of all the time, but he actually played the president in uh, Flags of Our Fathers, which I was very, very surprised about. So he's had a huge career, but he's really, in the 80s and early 90s, he's really good at playing these just insane kind of characters. Well, he's done a lot of modern stuff that I thought was pretty good, too. He won't be necessarily the front and center main character, but he was in The Blacklist for multiple episodes. He was in uh, all the John Wick movies as a supporting character. He was in the series of Twin Peaks as well as the movie, and he's still got stuff coming out. Well, I thought he did a good job in this movie. Well, and I, I was going to say, he owns every scene he's in. Dennis Quaid is great in this, but when he's fighting him in the, the dreams, I mean, he is terrific. I think they could have had more scenes with him in the dreams. Well, I know they're trying to hold back on like what he's doing to the viewer, exactly what he's doing in the dream, and, and not really, even though you already know, you know what I mean? You can pick up on what he's what he's doing, but... Well, I wanted to talk about that. We can go ahead and talk about that. Okay. So part of this is him trying to figure out how to assassinate the president. Okay. And so what Chris is talking about is he's talking about Tommy is learning how to assassinate. And so there's a scene where he's a psychotic individual. He He killed his father when he was younger. And then he was, um, I guess, hospitalized and they knew he had psychic abilities. So they brought him onto the project. Did Blair bring him on or did Blair brought him? On. Okay. So Blair did. Blair knew he was because okay. he pulled him out and he says it. Tommy says it. He says, My, I'm messed up. Like, I'm, I mean, he, mm-hmm. he knows he's insane. And, uh, but I thought it was funny that it, cause I, I, as I was thinking about this film, as I was watching this film, most of the film takes place behind, uh, it's always got Dennis Quaid. Like it's always behind Dennis Quaid. So you know what Dennis Quaid's thinking and everything until you get to a couple scenes near the end where you see, uh, Plummer and Sendo talking to each other. But I was sitting there thinking, I was like, they, they, they try to keep it secret that Tommy killed that woman, right? So they wake up and she, he just looks, Tommy looks upset and just not upset, but just like kind of hideously evil. Like you can see just a smirk on his face. Dennis Quaid says, hey, he did it. Yeah. Like he knows right there, which I think this is a mess up in the movie. Dennis Quaid clearly thinks he did it. He knows he, he did it. And then five minutes later, he meets Charlie Prince. 
And Charlie Prince is like, hey, Tommy killed him. And he's like, are you serious? And I was like, I didn't think he already, I thought he already put that together. That he like, <laughs> You're he like, was, I put it together. Dennis yeah. Quaid, you didn't do it. Yeah. You didn't put it together. <laughs> and then the third one is he then gets in the prison. He gets in that car. And of course, uh, Bob Blair's like, yes, I killed him. Like, I, I Tommy killed him. So I kept thinking, why didn't they show, if they're going to tell us that he that killed him. That blatant about it. Why didn't they show him in the drain kill her? Because that would have been more powerful and I think scary. So yeah. If they did that, but they didn't show that, so I don't, I don't. That was a problem I had with this because they need the more psychotic they make him, the more scenes he has. Yeah, that he just kills it. And yeah, so, I think that would have been an improvement for sure. I actually thought at first, not remembering that it was in the eighties, he, he to me he looks a lot like Josh Stewart that was in uh, a lot of the TV shows and stuff. They they look a lot alike to me. They do a lot, and he can. You talking about from the collector? Was he in the collector? Yeah, he's my character. Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. do look alike. I didn't think about that. They, they look alike, alike, but they also kind of own that scene without being over the top. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I was surprised, and then I was like, "Well, this is you know thirty years ago, forty years ago. It's not the same guy, obviously. They but they could be kin somehow. But yeah, they do that same can be maniacal but serious. It's like there's kind of a the madness behind their yes. stillness. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely liked him for the for the bad guy. He's, he does such a good job. I mean, he like that's what I needed more of. I, I wanted more dreams in this movie, and I wanted to see how they did because clearly Tommy has figured out what to do. He knows how yeah. to, to. He he has the line in the movie when he's running the train. He pushes that yeah. thing and's like, "Don't you understand? You can do anything you want in here." And uh, and for some reason, Quaid has not figured. Quaid's character does not figure that he out. He never until, like, figures it out until like the very. Which yeah. I guess that's the sort of finding the key type moment. But they yeah. don't they really don't, present they, it that yeah. way. Remind me of the Matrix. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That's you know, good, it's like, oh, you could do whatever you want in here. If your mind can imagine it, you can do it. It's like, oh yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Not the yeah. last, yeah. Whereas Tommy's character, he's he's got it. He's been in there, in, and so, so I don't know. I feel like, I feel like Tommy's a really, really good character. So, here's what I want to talk about next. I want to ask y'all's opinion, and everything, and y'all just look because I'm gonna, I'm, I'm attacking this movie because of the things I saw. I want to talk about the good stuff, but I'm really having a problem with it. <laughs> what finding them or well, finding a way dreams. to talk about like, them? Like I love the dreams. Hey, did it? <laughs> I love the dreams in this movie, and I love the concept of this movie. Like this is one of the weirdest things because I feel like a, as a miniseries, this would be a perfect. It would be such a great show. It could be a terrific show, you know, or it could be a TV show where a guy. Is helping people with their nightmares, and so he gets to go in and figure out the different nightmares. And you know, it's something there's like a that. lot of potential in the concept. Yes, yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? And you so can almost almost do it like a like a quantum leap. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree you know? with that. Or it could be an assassination where he's taking out bad guys all over the world. And you know, I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of insane things they could do with this. And what they did was they decided to focus on a motorcycle chase. <laughs> through the same place they start with the movie, where if they're at the track, I, I was like, what is he doing back at the track? At that phone, like that, you phone go booth? where you're from, where you're familiar. And how did that car find him at that phone booth? It was cost reduction. I don't know oh. about the phone booth, but going back to the track, was they filmed all those together? No, it's absolutely cost reduction. You can look at that phone book booth and tell it is in the middle of an empty parking lot. <laughs> yeah, it is not connected to anything, it is on a four inch wooden platform to keep it off the pavement yeah. so that they could just kind of roll over it. It was awful. How do you get stuck? In a phone booth that's obviously not even a real phone booth. I mean, <laughs> that was horrible. Yeah, was that, horrible. that was a bad action scene. I was yeah. glad to see when he got on the. But the I have no idea bike. how they found him. I know. Isn't that. It was just random. 
I mean, the bike was there. Is, but isn't he a psychic? How did he not know that was about to happen? He's about to be. <laughs> Maybe it's a proximity. Thing. He's, he's one of the best psychics. And also, that that car stands back. What is it? <laughs> Two hundred yards back, just watching. Oh yeah, he just sits there. You could have random the whole time. You wanted to wait till he hangs up the phone. Yeah, yeah. why don't well, you, you hit knew him when he's he was got stuck. the phone? You knew he was trapped. I mean, clearly. Yeah, but he could be calling somebody. Like, you don't do you want to kill him before he calls? No, somebody? they saw yeah. there was no wires. <laughs> 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 they just thought he was playing. <laughs> They knew he was just talking to himself. Yeah, he hung up the plastic phone. And <laughs> I, was, I just laughed because he's driving that dirt bike. I was like, man, y'all could have taken this whole scene out and had another whole scene of him in a dream learning how to do stuff in a dream. Yeah, Or sure. have David, uh, Patrick Kelly's character, Tommy, doing something insane, you know, or have more confrontations. Because every time they're against each other, those guys are good together. They, oh, they, uh, they could have had another... Him making a sandwich. They literally could have done anything else with some of these scenes because it had so much potential. Yeah. Because it really did. Now, I think it's a proximity thing because he had to be pretty close to that woman to rape her in her dream or, or uh, sleep with her or whatever in her dream. Because remember, she fell asleep on the couch. You might want us to start the whole sentence over <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. I, I have my theories on this. There's one character we haven't talked about. Her name is uh, Jane DeVries, and uh, it's played by Kate Capshaw. Uh, she's the one that screams a lot in Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. Yeah. And uh, also, she's in Space Camp. Those are her two big movies. She married Steven Spielberg. Uh, but in this movie, she's I didn't pretty know good that. for what she is. So Married Steven Spielberg? Yeah, she married Steven Spielberg. I didn't realize so that. She married either. Steven Spielberg now. Uh, the cover awesome. you mentioned, Temple of Doom, so it just made me think of it. The the movie poster, the movie cover looks like some kind of, it looks like a Indiana Jones type cover. Yeah, I don't to even me, think I looked at it. Yeah, I don't think I looked at it either. Oh, it sure right. does. Yeah, it oh, does. My right. oh my gosh. When I saw it, I was like, that's so weird. It doesn't even really display. He doesn't even have a torch ever in this movie. I know. It makes no sense. <laughs> Wait a minute. When is he really in the dark besides when he's asleep? <laughs> I don't really understand it. When I saw it, I was like, why does this look like an Indiana Jones poster but that is crazy I don't think they had anything to do because Indiana <laughs> Jones comes out the next year I think it was 80 is it 85 that uh, Indiana Jones comes out uh, that guy, well for you listen I don't know how to describe it other than look at the cover of Indiana yeah. Jones and yeah. just put the word it, dreamscape across it <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's, it's kind of crazy yeah I didn't realize that good job Chris good I had no idea that's hilarious so but anyway so that, that, that's one of the big issues I have they do a whole bunch of stuff that means nothing about a psychic in dreams a lot. A lot of stuff that has nothing to do. Like, and I haven't got to it, but I guess this is where we talk about the other insanity, is Charlie Prince. Did, did What did you think of the Charlie Prince character, which is George Went Norm from Cheers? Did you see any point to his character? Uh, not really. I mean, it just, it reinforced, you know, what was going on, but it, it was just restating the same thing over again. Well, I think Same thing the viewer already knew. Yeah. You know, it's not like you revealed anything to him. Didn't you ask a question? Didn't you have a question like with him though? Like, who's your source? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You well, know more than he does, and you're. Exactly. When he says that, he says I know more than you. Yeah, but how? But I don't know. But I think that the purpose he of his character yeah. was to tell. Quaid, he knew that woman had died, like right after yeah. she had died, and I was just like, there. And he knew. Wait a that minute. He knew the the motivations by. He knows the information Blair knows. Yeah. Like there's somebody inside Blair's organization. And he's an amateur. That's how yeah. Quaid gets his psychic information. <laughs> that is his psychic ability personified. It's really actually meeting Norm on the street. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think the purpose was to introduce a time constraint to Quaid. Like you're in danger now and then he yeah. gets killed. 
unnecessary. It shows agreed. how far they're going to go to protect their secret. Yeah, but they already had that with Dr. Paul Novotny. When Max von Sydow gets killed, I mean, they could have just did it at a different time and killed him off and they'd been like, oh, this is serious. But they kill off Charlie Prince and you're like, and, and that's another thing. When he goes to meet Charlie Prince, it's supposed to be this clandestine meeting and they're, <laughs> they meet in front of whatever the pep rally, which seems to be in front of a building, like a alpha house or like a, some kind of sorority or fraternity house. Yeah. And Their secret meeting has 500 people. Yeah. All of a sudden, all these people come like the whole school comes out of one frat house. Yeah. I mean, and it just happens to be at the right moment. I think I went to school at the wrong time because every movie we've had that had a university nearby had these massive parties going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's always some kind of Greek party happening. You know, what? Animal House next week, right? No. <laughs> no. Did I, you see the kill shot? Do you remember the kill where shot? Where he does this? I mean, he pretty much point blank shoots him in the chest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like right into his partner. Oh. Directly oh. into his partner. No, so I like his backdrop was awful. Like there's, n- there's like, no backdrop. Like it would have. No, I'm, I'm saying it would have went through. It would have yeah. killed his partner. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't paying attention to what's beyond his target. No, 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 no. I just laugh because all the cheerleaders come out, but no sports team comes out. Did y'all notice that? Like, I didn't remember seeing a football team or a basketball team or anything like that. Like, I think it was like a What are the cheerleaders doing? It was just like people and cheerleaders. Yeah. Yeah, here comes the cheerleaders. Glee club pl- practice. <laughs> That's what it was. Scholars ball, maybe? Practice. <laughs> Scholars ball. Yeah. The mathletes were yeah. coming out later. And they're excited. Those people have a lot of, a lot of drugs. And, I mean, cheer. <laughs> yeah. It's the eighties. I did. <laughs> so that's the only way they get rid of Charlie Prince. They kill him off right there. And now instead of uh and that killing was off, it was a crowd Clark, instantly. Yeah, yeah. Instantly. Like you thought they were gonna get away for a little bit. No, they got they get captured and dead in <laughs> within fifteen seconds there. All of them are outside and surrounding them. We have already spent more time discussing it than they did on that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm talking writing and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I was I was disappointed there wasn't more in the dreams because when we haven't talked about the dreams Go ahead. when they yeah. when they started getting it you know when the, with the construction worker this construction worker is having a dream where he basically gets stranded on a beam that's being hoisted at the top of a sky rise and Quaid in an attempt to reach out and try to catch him gets stuck up there with him and then you know he loses his grip now why he was two handed holding on to a ripped sleeve without grabbing the arm mm-hmm. itself. I had a problem with that because it ripped a little bit. And then he's like, well, I'm just going to two hand this rip, <laughs> you know, and forget the fact that he's hunched over this arm and doesn't touch the guy. But anyway, so the shirt rips and instead of the construction worker, Quaid falls. That must have been the, the character must have fallen every time like that. That's what I seem. He was always nearly falling and he fallen and he'd wake up or something like that. That's what I just yeah, they don't the really show worker, it. But they just show the construction worker up there and apparently that's his dream as he falls and then he but, nearly falls. But and then Quaid which, fell instead. And Quaid is supposed to here. Quaid, Quaid never does any. His character, Alex Gardner, never does anything he's told to do. Like he always just disobeys. And, and, and a lot but of times for a good reason. But that's an theme with Quaid. In all of his movies, yes. I mean, didn't That's we do always? Yeah, what was the interspace? interspace? Yeah, yeah. So he always does this and everything, <laughs> but in this one, he's supposed to just stand back, watch, and then two seconds into this, he's failed. And, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, this is his first. This was the first dream, guys. With the first dream, that, that was the only dream that I liked. 
Oh my gosh! See, I, I, I liked it, the one with the kid. I, I know like, it was a little cheesy. No, but see, I look at all the dreams. They look like dreams. They they did a really good job of how a dream is. Like when you remember your dreams, you don't remember vivid. Like a lot of people, they'll show everything. Like if you ever seen the cell, everything's so vivid and oh like, yeah, and sharp. Yeah, and sharp. And you're like, no, but in my dreams, you're like, I can't remember you know anything hardly. I can just remember people that were there and things were just hazy. And I felt like they did a good job because. They didn't try to spend a ton of money. I agree with that. that. They said, hey, let's let's just film it like you would remember, the things that you would remember. Like the sky's just moving crazy quick. I thought, oh, that's insane how they do that. Yeah, now in in dreams the the background isn't as yeah as defined. Um, yeah. And that that's part of the problem I had with the dream with the kid. You know, the kid is having this recurring nightmare of this monster, this snake man attacking him every night, of course. Which side note. I dug that he was like, oh, that's my dad. He won't help us. And they just kept on going. That is one of the best lines. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, That's incredible. This kid. So you need to explain what happens. Okay. So, so, he, so Alex is in there with him and go ahead. Yeah. Well, well, Alex is in there because well, now there's quite a bit to it. If we're going to go into it. I want to explain the dreams because I think the dream yeah, is this, the best part of this movie. This dream really defines Alex more as well. Yeah, that's true. Because this is not. He enters this child's dream, but he has to convince the director. He has to convince the doctor to let him do it because they weren't going to. Well, because what happened? Because the other psychic lost his mind, went crazy. Um, they had one locked up, one died. I can't remember what all they said. but yeah. So he, he kept telling Alex Snow, and he's like, look, if you, if you don't let me help this kid, I'm out. Yeah. I'm gone. And you know, I'll walk. I've done it before. You know, So they agree because this kid is just having blood curdling night after night nightmares about the snake man can we pause for one second is is that kid when the kid is do we not see him in a wheelchair before the dream is he not wheeled out there which tells me he had such fright he couldn't even like move his legs and stuff like it was like i don't really know if it was because he couldn't move his legs or if it was just as a recovery thing like a nurse will wheel you out of a hospital you know, even though you yeah, can but he was walk. out there just hanging out at the courtyard you think you'd let you'd want that kid to run for freedom unless it was causing problems where he couldn't even walk. So that's what I, I thought they I were trying no to idea. do. I have no idea. Sorry, go uh, ahead. I don't know. So go ahead. Yeah. So, but Alex says, look, I'm going to do this or I'm out. And this kid's snake man dreams is a monster comes after him every night. And it's terrified him. And so Alex tells him, hey, kid, you know, I'm, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to be there with you. So let's look and all that. And they go in. The problem I have is when they go in, if you look like all the windows are out of square and wompy jawed and everything, and I get it, what they're trying to do, but they were clearly defining everything. Like if it's a window, it's a window. Like kids not going to see a wompy jawed window. They're going to see a window. You know, kids see a horror movie. A kid is in a horror dream. He's in a horror movie. Yeah, I've seen a horror movie. They've got square windows. I've seen horror movies where they have square windows. They have (laughs) scary windows. Okay, well, fair enough, but. So and I like how okay when the, when they're in the dream the knock on the door and the kid's like no don't answer it's him and Dennis Quaid's like no nah, it's probably not even him let's you know, let's check it out you know I'm there with you don't worry about it. it's probably not him and he opens it and there's no monster you know and of course the monster comes through the window and tries to get the kid but Quaid and the kid work together on it and the kid overcomes the monster right you know now Quaid. Uh, tackles it and gets bit and, and is wrestling with it but he's telling the kid to attack it how to take care of it right yeah and the kid does it so he led the kid to overcoming his fear i mean he did actually need rescued but yeah but it foreshadows the end of the movie the right what's that it foreshadows the end of the movie 
Well, the president, it foreshadows. Oh, yeah. I mean, right. This is what it's doing. Oh, yeah. Is, yeah, the, yeah. You have to conquer your own fear. That's right. what the movie is really yeah. saying. So, I mean, I, I, that's why I like the one with the kid. I like the first one because I thought they did a really good job of just the simplicity of the construction worker's nightmare. And then I like the one with the kid because it's really dictating that you got to, you've got to do it. Like he can be there to help you, but you got to take care of your own fear. What are you smirking about? No, y'all are acting like those are only two funny ones or two good ones, but every dream is so different. You got the two horror dreams and you got that one uh, at the very front, which is just like a fear of heights. Yeah. It's like an introduction to the concept. Now look, I fell asleep a lot. (laughs) I tried to watch this thing several times. I didn't fall asleep during this one. But, okay, look, what about the other dream about the guy that's that's scared of his unfaithful wife? Like, you didn't laugh at that, the insanity of that one? In in this movie, they try to do comedy, like comedy things, like uh, where Dennis Quaid's character is on a dirt bike and doing the, 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 you know, there's scenes that's kind of supposed to be funny slash adventurous. But this is a pure comedy scene. This is this whole scene is a pure pure comedy scene. You got a guy that comes in, he's having this nightmare, and he's not even sure what he dreams about. Like he has no idea. And so when Dennis Quaid <laughs> shows up in his dream, Dennis Quaid shows up in his car in the dream, and they're heading to his house. He's like, "Hey, you catch her. I'll go through the front door. You go through the back." And and I love Quaid's. Oh, it's character hilarious always. how they work together because it's he still has no clue what's going on. Yeah. He's in the car, and the guy's like, "Okay, now." We're not going to give him any notice or anything. You go through the front door. And he's talking fast and saying what they're going to do. And Quaid's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> if you watch Quaid's character, he's like, ah, whatever. I'll do whatever he says. I don't care. You know, so he just he just goes along with whatever. And, uh, and of course, they end up finding out that his wife is unfaithful and she's cheating with like 18 different guys. Like that's well, the- it, So it starts and they walk in and it, you hear the obvious adult sounds coming from the other room. So you know she's being unfaithful. And then you go in and she screams uh she's a covered half nude like yeah. i don't know if that's a good way to describe it like they don't show a bunch of nudity it, but you know that she's in the act and it's his brother who's also <laughs> ugly no offense and uh and then it's like four guys under the bed yeah, three in the closet pop out from random yeah. places who's yeah. the last guy there's one guy that comes out at the very end they say something you know what i'm talking about yeah i can't remember it was like it's like the car salesman or somebody yeah. but all that, that that whole scene was just humorous and so they come out of yeah. it, they figure out what's going on what he's got to work on yeah and uh and so I, I so you just don't think it fit in i thought it fit in because again if it would have been just all about the dreams i thought this was another good scene because i don't think it always has to be crazy dangerous i think it's interesting when they do other things it, every time he goes in he has no idea what to, to suspect that's going to happen but see, so. to me that doesn't scream nightmare maybe that's a fear of well, his but, but a think, different kind of fear I don't know if that was the whole point they go in for nightmares. I think they were trying to fix people whenever they had problems, no matter what they are. They to the ultimate, which is that little kid. I don't remember the little kid's name, but he's got know. he's got this crippling disease. You know, to the least is probably the guy that's fallen off the fear of heights. Yeah, and they have different levels of severity yeah. of suffering in that their maybe. dreams. So I, I I like that, and then you know, so those are the three that are kind of he goes it was in like a fix. clown car though. <laughs> You know, that like was I so mean, it was, funny. it was literally. How can you fit that many people under a bed? You know, they was yeah, but in a dream, it was too slapstick. Yeah, yeah but it was in a dream, and it's this guy's overall. I'm feeling. logical in dreams. Everybody in that, everybody that you see in that dream looked more manly than the guy that she's married to, right? I mean, that that, that guy that's I, I well, take that, it back. Yeah. I liked those two dreams. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Mr. Weber, uh, Larry Gelman, and he's a shorter guy. But I don't know, it just made it all too too okay. much. 
The only dream I didn't care for, but it, and I understand why they did it, was uh, the dream when he goes into the the doctor's dream when she's asleep. He's supposed to get her some. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, they had to do it. They, yeah, they do that basically because it helps out in the end. But she's on a train ride. He's he he kind of has feelings. He has feelings for her. She has feelings for him, but she's not going to act on it. So he goes into her dream. When she's <laughs> he's asleep. a he's a player. He's a player. He goes into her dream without her knowing, and then she's on a train, and all of a sudden he's. He's the every, I guess. The, He's the Fabio. Yeah, Fabio. Yeah, I couldn't remember yeah, what the, the Fabio. He's the romance shirt, novel. About to be pulled off. She pulls it off and everything. And, and all of a sudden, during this, she wakes up. And then she is furious. And so, so I, I understand what they did. I, I think it was uh, during. I don't, think I don't know. I, I'm before. thinking maybe after. <laughs> but she didn't consent to that. Yes. Yeah. Well, but did she? Well, that's what well, she that gets to point. say later. She's like, look, there's no denying that we were both wanting that but she said it was a dream it didn't happen yeah so i shouldn't even be mad but i am (laughs) i thought this was a creative scene i thought this was well done because they 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 found a way for him to jump into a dream without using the machines because they always yeah and that's so this was an interesting take on that Mm -hmm. Uh, you know i'm not saying that was the purpose probably more than anything give them a connection and but they didn't really show anything it's just Mm -hmm. they're clearly are about to make love i understand why they did this i understand what they were trying to do with this so y'all didn't like the very last ring. They go into the presence. Apparently the president is going to, they're, they're going to send in Tommy. He's going to try to kill the president. They have to figure a way to send in Dennis Quaid's character to go in, which and they stop do him. and to stop him. And you guys did not like that dream. So I love that dream. I thought that was I, I did most, not well, at all. Most, most well done. But I, I tell you what really ruins those later dreams for me. And even the one, the, like the kid's dream, it, it, that's, that score oh, the and music? this electric organ, eerie, like supposed to be eerie, but it's just annoying. It's just overbearing to me. I mm. just can't. There were parts of those dreams that I liked, but yeah, for the most part. And, and the snake man was terrible for me. It was, oh, it was, so it was bad. bad effects. It was. It was bad. I'll agree with that. I think the snake man could be okay. better. Since Did you, you know the original script it was supposed to be a rat? Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> they changed, that, that was a good move to change it to a snake because the <laughs> rat man probably would have been really, really, really bad. Yeah. Really it cheesy. It would have made it. Super but since cheesy. you brought up the. Okay, so the snake man's pretty cheesy. Yeah. Well, stop motion, the, right? Uh, I don't think it was stop motion. In, well, there are some stop motion scenes where it's like he, he looks glitchy. Yeah. But yeah. Kind of like I mean, Hercules, a, the old Hercules movie. Yeah, yeah. Well,. But he's an actor in a suit is what he is. Yeah. But as cheesy as it is, I think Alex's drawing of the snake character is just as cheesy, if not worse. <laughs> and the fact that Tommy. Tommy had to steal the drawing to remember <laughs> what it looked like was just hilarious to me. I was like, you can't remember that? Like yeah. it's a guy with a snake head I, I <laughs> drawn I by a five-year-old. <laughs> I didn't understand why Dennis Quaid's character was scared of the uh, snake after yeah. he had already beat the snake. Like I didn't get that that to bring that back. Right, so. and then Tommy latched onto it like this is your ultimate fear. Yeah, and it just was kind of I don't know because Alex point. said it did something to me. Uh, I thought the bookies would have been a better scary thing for him the way the because <laughs> they were always chasing him. But, but the snake bit him, and then when he was talking to to Tommy, he said, you know, like. He said, what are you drawing or whatever, you know, must have, must have scared you. Uh, it did something to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. So why would you tell the Tommy though? That's what I'm getting. Oh, because you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you it, mentioned the the bookies. <laughs> look, when he goes riding through there on the motorcycle yeah. and they rip him off the motorcycle, all of a sudden he's like, "Look, there's guys coming behind me. Just save me." And they're like, "All right, man." <laughs> like that's it. Well, now, now how long? They negotiate. Yeah, the five. Well, they yeah, they five take winners. his word for it that he's going to give them winners. And why then, are they chasing him in the first place? Because he mean, owes them money. But why? Because they want him to do the. Uh, they want him to give a winners to him. That's what they can make him big money. Which I think that's pretty. But, okay, he's psychic. He's picking winners. Why does he owe him money? Well, wh- wh- okay. If they're why just saying, losing, if they, if it's just part of that, hey, this is you know this is our horse track. You got to cut us in there's other horse tracks mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and but if he's in debt to why is he in debt if he's picking winners i don't think he was in debt i don't think that was the thing i thought oh, i thought it, it was, was share the I wealth think he was kind of thing. i think they'd saw hey he kept winning and so so then you leave they knew there was a secret mm-hmm. yeah. i mean now granted this is before you could place bets with bookies online yeah but still i feel like you could find somewhere else to bet but there's a good line at the end of the movie where uh, she Kate says, oh, "Are we going to gamble? Because they're going to Churchill Downs." And they're, well, they're going to Louisville, and she's Louisville, like, "That's, that's where Churchill Downs is." And you go, he goes, I, "You know me, I don't like to gamble." And I was like, "That's a pretty funny line because he doesn't yeah. gamble. He always knows who's going to yeah. win." So, but uh, anyway, so <sighs> I can't. <laughs> they are the cheesiest bookies I've ever they seen. Are, they, yeah. are, they are the Keystone Cops of. Uh, oh my movie. gosh, so it's so bad. They don't know how to catch him. They they think what? I just get wait for him. And go. What are you a wise guy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, come on. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the, uh, the it would have fit. <laughs> yeah, those guys, and then the, the the I don't even know what they are, but those I guess the secret service agents are always the goons. Player, the goons who yeah they, yeah they're, they're yeah. They, they kill one guy. I owe you a beating. Well, they kill two. They kill the. Uh, they just stomp mops, around mops and, and uh, act like they're chasing. And, yeah. So yeah, they're definitely the bad guys from Cloak and Dagger. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we've seen quite a few terrible, terrible bad guys. Um, no, I, I, one of the things we talk about this 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 part, I really thought, and I think again we we keep talking about Tommy, but I think they do a good job in the dream of trying to at this very last part, which is insane because it takes the last dream to realize you can do anything you want in the dreams. So I'm like, man, you've wasted a lot of opportunities. But here they finally start doing that. They start doing this in the dreams where Tommy's just pushing the lever, making the train go crazy. All of a sudden he turns everybody into zombies and he's the lead zombie and Hey, let's get him. It's him. You know? So there's a lot of interesting parts that do that. I like that. The fact that even that it was clearly put a lot of set design, a lot of money on the set design at this end because they're running around this broken thing. It felt like a nuclear bomb had went off. Yeah. The wolves were kind of cheap and cheesy. But them running around through there was kind of interesting. I think to me that the only bad part was when they finally have the final standoff. Dennis Quaid's character, he turns into Tommy's father. Yeah. And all that happens so quickly. Like all of a sudden, here's the snake man. I'm scared of the snake man. He they didn't draw him. it out enough. Yeah. They, yeah, yeah. They don't take much time. He just like, oh, I got bit by the snake. Yeah. Healed. He heals himself. But that but that car parked in front of that phone booth for like three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They spent that instead yeah. of having this. I felt like the dream world could have had a lot more because he'd taken the uh, the thing to knock him out. The sedative? Yeah, he took the sedative to knock him out. The president. He didn't realize it. The president did. So they've got to outlast the dream because yeah. right when he gets there, Dennis Quaid's character is like, hey, president, you've got to wake up. But there's like, no hey, way for him to wake yeah, up. There's no way. So he goes, oh, I guess we got to ride it out. And then all of a sudden, Tommy disappears in this insane mode. And again, I love Tommy because Tommy looks crazy. He does so, a good job with that does. maniacal. So, but I, I don't know. But I felt like the nuclear. I felt like the idea of this that the president's got this this fear. Hey, I'm going to end up causing all this. And Dennis Quaid's character's like, 
man, that ain't you. This ain't this ain't real. This is not real. You know, now that guy's real. He's about to kill you. But <laughs> you know, Bob Blair's real. You better watch out for Bob. But anyway, so all that happens. I felt like I felt like that last dream. I enjoyed that last dream because I think they were able to put a lot of stuff into it to do it. I felt like the dream should have been longer. And it's showing more depth. Well, you know, maybe the president gets hurt a little bit, but he's you know stays alive. So. This is another one of those movies that makes me feel like, I guess, there were there's obviously other writers involved yeah. as well that they were picking and choosing. Like, okay, you do this little bit, yeah. and you do this little bit, and they didn't mesh their styles it definitely very well. Feels separate. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's and I know it's two different worlds because you have dream worlds and you know the the real world and then some action parts and comedy parts and. It definitely just feels disjointed. It shouldn't feel like the real world is a cartoon world. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, the dream world should have been the cartoony world, and it's not. It's the uh-huh. real world that some of the things happen. You're like, yeah. Now, I liked all the the scientific jargon that they would talk about when it came to talking about the dreams. I wasn't bored during that. I was like, oh, this is interesting what they're trying to do. But I didn't like all this running around and some of the other stuff, I, the Charlie Prince character. So there's probably about 20 minutes of this movie, 25 minutes they could have probably taken all out. Focus more on the dreams. Focus maybe had a couple more dreams, and then maybe on this uh, apocalyptic nightmare world. Spent maybe five, ten more minutes and really flesh that out. I think it's done anything different with that scene that ends up back at the bookies. Yeah, I, because I, I mean, no, I yeah, think the safe. phone booth booth aside, it's still it's it's an empty parking lot. Yeah, it's not an active betting scene. Why are the bookies there? Right, there's no race. I think they were saying that they were they were they worked there. Dude, did you see doing what? There's no race. There's, did you see when he, there. when he when he goes around the track and he's being chased, and then he hits that ramp, and then he comes down in the staircase. Do you remember that? Yes. He comes down in the staircase, and the bottom of the staircase is randomly full of hay bales. It's a staircase. <laughs> it's not like a storage room. It's just a staircase that leads out to the main racetrack, and it's just full of hay bales. It will make not only that they take the winners when he crashes. Picture. When he crashes, there's a truck and a trailer there. And they drive off like they just didn't hear the motorcycle crash <laughs> 10 feet away from them. They just drive off. They're oh, like, they hey, didn't. we'll see you tomorrow, you know, Frank. And I mean, then- we're not supposed to be here. That <laughs> motorcycle just, just wrecked. We're out. Not just then, but they, right before they say that, right before he gets in that vehicle and gets away, you hear one of the guys go, get all the cars here, surround it. And then he jumps in that trailer. And like, that's it. He, he escaped. Like, they were going to have this big circle <laughs> thing. And instead, he just jumped in and it was over. So. But did you see how much was wasted? That they could have done something good with, maybe like for the budget. Oh, yeah. Like the, I mean, yeah, it just went nowhere. <sighs> I think also too, I, I, every agent in this movie is a complete moron. I was like, I don't think Secret Service agents leave any doors unlocked. Like I might be wrong on that. I don't think there's a hidden door. I don't think you know you're just gonna be able to sneak on in past there. I don't think you're gonna be on the floor below the president. Like that's just not gonna happen. Oh yeah. You know, I don't. I know you. Maybe guys that's don't where know the much gift shop it. is. So, <laughs> So, yeah, I think there's a lot of problems with that. I, I, but I love the idea of the dreams. Does that make sense? And so the concept of this movie is what drew me to it. Matter of fact, honestly, this is what I want to tell y'all. When I was thinking about this movie, I couldn't remember about the bookies. I couldn't remember <laughs> about the chase scene. All I remembered was the dreams. Like, right. I remembered the dreams. I mean, oh, the dreams. And so as I was watching So you it, thought it was a 30-minute movie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the dreams being longer. They were not. You know, and so I was like, oh, this is not what I remember. No, they were daydreams. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, this story had potential. Definitely. I, mean, I can see it as a precursor for other movies like Inception or something. But Yeah, I and I think Inception They didn't the pull it off, movie. though. No, they they did not pull it off, and it may have. There's no telling why. It just didn't feel like everything 
I was like was you. Cohesive. I was just falling asleep. I did. It took it me boring. several attempts to get through this movie. I am sorry. I really am. So I will say the last thing is just audience. They, they go in and uh, assassinate Bob Blair. And I thought yeah. that was pretty cool because that means he. I liked the ending. Well, because he could. Uh, all of a sudden you see the full potential. I like the way they did it, too, because it looked like it was in an everyday life. Yeah. You know, it was just walking down the hall. Yeah. Like he was at the office, you know, but he still, he still he was actually a really cool way to kill him too. It's like, okay, I'm going to be a monster and get you. And so, but I, I I thought that was really neat because, uh, you know, until that point they had to be in the next room to be able to go into Mm -hmm. somebody's dream. He was halfway around the world or whatever it was and was able to do it. So it told you all of a sudden Alex is actually the scariest person now. He can do a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's really expanded. Well, he used his powers for good, you know, so. Uh, They waited until the last 10 seconds of the film to get creative. <laughs> <laughs> so I would no, they had to have been creative to get the budget. You know, lay it out, convince those people to give them money to make yes. it. It originally had a twelve million dollar budget. Yeah, I didn't look up how much this movie made. It made eighteen million. I think they only spent six million. Oh, so well. so it was a success as far as you know. Yeah, it was a minor success. What? So they didn't have problem. Why? I mean. Why spend so much less than your budget, though? Why would you budget it at a certain amount and go, yeah? Well, they their original expectation was it was going to cost that much. And so it was tabled, actually, for a couple of years and didn't go anywhere. Mm. And then when they um, decided they were going to do it for $6 million, then they... I, I'm, I'm assuming they changed some things, but... Mm. Mm. I would like to see more dreams, so... Maybe they thought they were going to have to pay to have an actual Snake Man made or something. Well, I was going to, I never even brought it. Larry Cedar played the Snake Man. That Joker has over 200 different film roles, like playing different characters and everything. When I saw him, I was like, oh, I have seen him before. I don't, I couldn't think of a single role I'd seen him, but I was like, oh, I'd recognize that guy's face, you know? So he's been in a lot of stuff, but he played the Snake Man, which I'm guessing it means he was pretty tall. So anyway, let's do ratings because, yes, I'm sorry, guys. I really am. Sorry, so I'll let y'all go first. I've got predictions, and they're all terrible for you. <laughs> I think if you're listening and you haven't figured out at least the trend of where this is about to go. <laughs> We're not going to recommend this film. <laughs> if you have trouble sleeping, start this film. <laughs> okay, Chris, you go first. Tell all us what right. You think. I feel like this movie was probably a two. I liked some bits and pieces of it, but yeah, overall, I just really didn't. I couldn't get into it. I I thought the music was very unbearable, and a lot of the special effects was really underwhelming, even for the time. I mean, there was just they could have done better. I did like some of the dreams, and I believe a lot of the dreams would have been more enjoyable had the score been better. If it wasn't so like Friday the 13th electric organ, like it was just too much. Hmm. Brody? Did not like it. It was, uh, no it, way. Yeah. Now, now I'll say this it's, it's not the worst that we've seen. It had a lot of potential. There were parts I liked, and it would be like, oh, yeah, they're about to get into this, and then they would change their mojo, and they'd stop being good. So, again, maybe they should have waited a little bit more, given a little bit more budget, 
gotten some riders in sync or something, but I'd probably give it a do not watch strong three, you know, like if you want to know what other movies may have used for, Hey, that had potential. Let's make one good. This may have been rooted roots for, for other movies. You can watch it for that, but I give this movie a five. Wait, we're at a, we're still at a nine, right? Yeah, five out of nine. Yeah, I think. Look, I, I'll tell you the reasons I like it. I think uh, you don't dislike movies. I don't look. I, I picked these movies because they were childhood movies I liked. That was the whole point of this contest. Is did they hold <laughs> up and stand up? Now, as a kid, I'd given this eight or nine. Like I thought it was great. As I watch it now, I realize there's a lot of problems with this movie, a ton of problems. But I love the potential. I love the idea. <laughs> I know that sounds weird to say the potential, but I didn't know we were rating it on potential. You know what my dad used to say, <laughs> "No, I just mean that put potential in this and dog crap in this. <laughs> Which one weighs more? <laughs> Which one's worth more?" No, I, I love that they came up with this idea. I love the acting in it from pretty much all the actors. It's like they know this movie's terrible and they're giving it all, and you're like, "Oh, that's yeah, this is terrible." But I love the dreams, I, even though yes, I don't. I think they probably could have had better you know, designs or whatever. I felt like a lot of those dreams feel like how you remember dreams with not much substance to them or anything like that. Just the main concepts. So I enjoyed that. I enjoyed watching that. I, I, I think it's funny. I like Dennis Quaid's character. I think Alice Gardner, I love Tommy Ray Glattman. I think that's a terrific villain. He's one of the better villains I've ever seen in movies. And so I put all that together and, you know, as a kid, it was, it was kind of, Oh my gosh, you go into somebody's dreams. And so, so I don't think it's great. I clearly would not recommend this to anybody. <laughs> but but you gave it a five. That's a yeah. yeah but usually six and up, I'll start recommending. Hey, you need to see the five. Says hey, you might be if you want to see a movie about dreams. I throw this into you. There's not a lot of movies out there. If you're a giant Dennis Quaid fan, yeah. watch well, the movie. Honestly, he does a good job. I mean, I think the acting is what really the only thing that even remotely saved it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I mean that's because all of them are stellar. So, and there's something to be said sometimes about that, you know, that, that for, at least for me that, Hey, that, you know, there's movies I've watched where the actor, there was one actor. I was like, I oh, did such a good job. Like this movie's terrible, but at least that, you know, they were in it. Those <laughs> but if I have to like psych myself up to turn the movie back on. Oh no, I will. I'm not. Or, or I'm, wake myself up. No. <laughs> this is, yeah. This is probably not maybe. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. I do own it. So I was like, Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. back on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's it. Yeah. It's clearly not a, one of the ones we recommend. I'm sorry. Hopefully we'll find, pick something that you guys will like as well. Not you guys, but I'm talking about even our listeners would be like, Oh, that's something I would enjoy, but we're not going to recommend this for you to watch. If you want to see it and see, you it can all. go pay someone yeah. to stream it. Yeah. No, wait, now there are times where you like a good B movie cause you just don't want to yeah. be invested in it and you've got stuff to do when you want some background music. I I wouldn't mind this running in the background, you know, the baby's crying and can't go to bed or, you know, that would just add stress. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, there are there. It's, it's got good premise. I'm it not really a background does. movie person. I don't play anything if I'm not watching it. Yeah. I'm probably more like Chris on that. I, well, I have to have a no, constant noise. They have a ring well, in my ears. I got music on the background. So. My, wa- my, my wife is like you. She'll play anything. She's like, Oh, I, it's cause I, I play that cause I don't have to pay attention to it. I'm like, what? 
No, no. If I'm in, why would I play anything if I'm not paying attention? If it's to something it? I like, I got to sit down and watch it. But I'm just saying, if you just want some noise and occasionally look up and see that both good parts are on or not, good dream sequences. You know, if <laughs> if you know, you'll have to time it pretty good. But you could probably watch them. I would love to see this remade and just fix the th- the errors in this and see what they could do now and everything. I think it could be. I think it has again potential mm-hmm. to have a really good movie. Yeah, you know, I don't think it would be that hard either. Like as far as budget so, goes, I don't. You don't need a hundred million dollar budget. Now you'd probably need right. more than six these days. But if you, there's some good, you know, there's some good talent out there that won't cost a fortune. Yeah. When it comes to fees for for actors, or anything. well, six million in eighty four was a different. Well, I know that's but, a different six million. Uh, agreed. Yeah. But I just I don't think you would have to have a stellar cast to make it good. I think you're no, right. No, no. I think, I think the most important thing is get the dreams right, cut out all the filler crap, you know, and have, is again, good acting. It doesn't have to be the best actors out there, but really good acting. Make the dreams the central focus yeah, of the, the dreams. Yeah. yeah. So I think the takeaway is we really need some suggestions, guys, on what to watch. Oh, we got suggestions. Or are you just trying to take away from my, my last two choices? <laughs> well, I'm just... He's making, trying to avoid what's, what's coming, coming. Yeah. So... We, one of the things we've looked at, and I, I, we're just playing around with it, but right now, since we're about to hit our 10th episode, I thought we'd pick a film that I really like, that I really want the guys to watch and see what they think. And this is this is not a film that I saw as a kid. This film was all as a teenager, and I've seen it probably four times since being an adult. I think it's phenomenal. But I also think it's really a good movie for a guy that's in his middle ages to watch. So if you're a middle-aged man, I think this is a really interesting film. So I have some friends that are. So Chris is going to be okay with this. I think I'm going to sadden Brody, but uh, <laughs> I want to put a Western in there. So I'm going to pick The Wild Bunch. I want. I would love to see The Wild Bunch. I think it's a, a, a film worth seeing. I really want to hear your takes on it. I really want to see you guys see this. I'm very curious. I've, I've heard you talk about this film a couple of times through our friendship, and I'm, I'm, I'm a, I want to see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I think it's uh, it was introduced to me by a friend, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Brian. And Brian told me about it when I was a teenager. He's like, man, you really need to see this. There's some cool lines in it. And uh, and I remember watching in my mind just because until that moment, I was more probably uh, I'd seen a lot of John Wayne Westerns. And I'd seen The Good and the Bad, The Ugly. So I'd seen a couple of spaghetti Westerns. But, but it really, after seeing The Wild Bunch, it kind of pushed me toward loving spaghetti Westerns. Even though Wild Bunch is not a spaghetti Western, I love that grittiness that comes with a lot of the spaghetti Western movies. And so the wild bunch will be our movie. So if you want to watch that and get a heads up, uh, it is R it's R for violence. I don't know what else else is. In. Yeah. Oh. They're redoing it. It's supposed to come out. I think at the end of the year. No, I also know. heard that this movie was the second movie ever to be rated PG 13. First was red Dawn. Yes. Okay. Which came out shortly before. Awesome. Wolverine. But no, they they're it's uh, they did they're doing a remake and uh Jamie Foxx is rumored to be in it. It's <gasps> gonna be good. They're doing a remake of what? The Wild Bunch. Oh, they are? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's okay, then that's a pretty good thing for us to watch this. All right, this let's do really it. interesting. Okay. Well good. Or else it's one of those, you know, I think this would be a great concept that could be redone now and better, kind of like Dreamscape. Well, I like the Magnificent Seven when they did, redid Magnificent Seven. I thought that was a very good remake. I don't know if y'all watched that. Did y'all see that? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. I don't know. I Have you ever seen that. the Magnificent Seven, the original? No. Mm-mm. Okay, well. I don't think I've watched anything that was made before 84. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was made in 69, so I'll watch your oldest movie if that's it. That's it. So, 
Anyway, that's uh, that's our uh, that's our show. <laughs> so we are sorry for putting you through the insanity, but hopefully, look, I'll, honestly, hey, if you've never seen it. Watch watch this movie and this tell us is, how bad this is. This is the whole goal. I mean, we yeah. watch it and then we're honest about yeah, it. So, I mean, you you heard us. Just it uh, was far better for you to listen to us for an hour <laughs> than watch this show. movie for Guaranteed. over an hour. No matter how painful we were. Yeah, I mean, this is this we helped you. You're welcome. <laughs> Glad we could help. <laughs> For uh, Chris, Brody, and Ash, this is the real round table. Thank y'all. <laughs>